I don't know. <laughs> Yeehaw. There's five minutes till service, so please come in, grab seats, grab a friend, make sure you have your notebook open or your notes, and just get ready to dive into the Word and worship with us tonight.
minutes, guys. If you haven't already found a seat, I suggest you grab a seat right now and then just get ready to dive in with us tonight. Wednesday nights. We love y'all so much. Hey, we are your service host tonight. My name's Liv. And I'm Brooklyn. And we're so stoked to be here. So hey, if you have ever been to Bridge Youth or maybe you never have been before, we love doing this thing called family time. And it's where we meet new people. So hey, everybody stand up, stand up. Get to y'all's feet. Get on up. All right, guys. <laughs> so the question today is we're throwing it back a little bit. Kendamas or fidget spinners? Kendamas or fidget spinners? Kendamas for sure, bro. Kendamas, come on, you can do cool tricks. <laughs> I darn reckon it's a kendama. It's a ball on the wood stick. On the you know. <laughs> Mr. Kai? Uh, kendamas all day. Kendamas. Guys? Fidget spinners. Fidget spinners. Thank <laughs> you. 
All right, bro, we've got to know. All right, guys, get back in your seats, please. So what did we decide, kendamas or fidget spinners? If you pick kendamas, raise your hand. Yeah, 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 okay, fidget spinners. Okay, I feel like it's like a pretty even tie. Kendamas are more fun. Bro, today at school clubs, we were playing kendamas with Preston. I don't know if he's in here, but we were like, bro, we need to bring these back. Like, these are so fun. But hey, we're gonna hop into announcements. So our first one is if you don't already follow us on social media, make sure to follow us at bridgeyth underscore, and you can stay up to date with all the latest. Also, everybody take out your phones, take out your phones. I know you all have it. Y'all be Snapchatting people and Instagram. I see some of you on it. We if you have your bro, phone, take out, out your phones. Take it out and put it in the air. Turn off y'all's airdrop, okay? Turn it Turn off. Turn off the airdrop. No more airdrop. <laughs> Phone, airdrop, off. Please. And you're good. We can see you airdropping. Thank guys. you so much. All right, Brooklyn, hit him with the second one. All right, guys. So remember, Bridge Youth is also here on Sundays, and this Sunday is service takeover because it's the last Sunday of the month. So at our 11:30 service, you guys will be staying in big service and hearing our head pastor speak. It's gonna be a great time, y'all. Don't want to miss it. So hey, who's in Bible clubs? Are y'all in Bible clubs on our campus? Yeah. Well, hey, if you guys aren't, make sure to DM Bridge YTH underscore, and you can find out if there's a club on your campus. Brooklyn and I help run some of them, and they go crazy, and y'all want to be there, so pull up. All right, guys, what is this week? You, 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 you good Yes, if you registered, guys, our bus leaves Friday at 3. We Not will leave later. you if you are here at you 3, bro. You need to be here before 3 or exactly at 3 because we will leave without you. And it will be so sad. Don't and make us leave without we, you. The bus won't turn back around. So if your school gets out at like Your mom's driving y'all down there. Get pulled out early. Get pulled out early. Tell your, your mom's going to be pissed if she got to drive you all the way down to San Diego. Yeah, so bus leaves at 3. Not a minute later, guys. Not a minute later. Bro, we're so stoked for for youth convention. <laughs> I was at Guys, it's camp. my first youth convention. <laughs> I'm so excited. And we have a new series starting next week. So y'all want to pull up to that as well. We're kicking it off with our first year SOM students, which includes me and Brooklyn. And we're going to be doing a rapid fire preaching style. And it's something new. And it's going to be so sick. So don't miss out on that. And now I'm going to bring up Pastor Corey. And he's going to update us on some stuff. Hey, this mic is sweaty. What's wrong with you, Liv? What's up, guys? How you guys doing? You good? Hey, you look good. Uh, Wednesday nights are really my favorite night of the whole week. Hey, I wanted to update you guys on something. Last week, you know that I challenged you guys, Bridge Youth, together for us to raise $1,000 for our missions project. You know that our pastor challenged our church to raise $100,000 over the next, uh, at that point, it was six weeks, before the end of May. So... Uh, I was like, you know, I think as, as Pastor kept saying, uh, uh, man, so many families could do $1,000. I kept thinking, Bridge Youth is a family. We should raise $1,000. And so, so cool, so proud of you guys. You are so amazing. Week number one, the first opportunity that y'all got, you guys raised $536.02. And two cents. Let's go, two cents. 
Hey, so sick. Here's what I love about that. Somebody had to give two cents. And what I love about that is everybody plays a part. And I'm just picturing some, like, junior high kid who, like, put, put his uh, hand in his pocket goes, hey, two pennies. I could give that. And can I tell you, God honors stuff like that. He loves it. Hey, when we're giving uh, to this missions project, um, I want to tell you there's a really easy practical way that you could give. Everybody look back towards the exit sign. You guys see the exit sign? Just to the right is our giving station. You'll see there's some giving envelopes with a Bridge Youth uh, stamp on it. And on that envelope, you'll see the word missions or the word outreach. Just next to that, put whatever amount God put on your heart. Maybe God put an amount on your heart last week and you brought it this week. That's where you'll give it right after service. Maybe right now you're hearing that and you're like, 536 and you're doing the math. If we're raising 1,000, how much do we have to go? Oh, God. <laughs> Was it? Is it 460, what, 460-something? Bro, girl with, the, girl with the cup, you led me astray. You said 460, and then you stopped at 460-something. What is it, 460, 466? Is it 466? Oh, wait, and 98 cents. All right, we have approximately 460-something dollars to raise. $463 and 98 cents. $463.98. Hey, if you're hearing that and you're like, I want to help make a dent in that for the sake of reaching the world with the gospel, that's how you do it. Just drop something in an envelope and uh, drop it in our giving station. Can I tell you guys, um, can I show you guys two really quick uh, pictures to show you what you're giving in this mission single go towards? Here's one of them. Here's a picture of the church that we built in Kenya, East Africa in 2016. Right there. You see the, you see the banner? A gift of love from the Bridge Church of Marietta, California. No, where are you? Is it? Are you the one? Are you are you right behind me? In the sunglasses? <laughs> Noah was there. Hey, when me and Noah pulled up on this, you see the dirt we're standing on? It was just a dirt lot about the size of this room. And then we knew, I think we pulled up on a Monday or Tuesday. That Sunday, we were planning to do church in that building. That Sunday, I got to preach the very first message in that church. That It was, it was literally standing room only. You see the windows? They had the windows open so pe people could be standing outside with their heads pointing inside of the building, hearing the gospel. People got saved, and that church still stands there today, seven, six, seven years later. And it all started with someone saying, hey, I'm going to plant a seed to make that happen. That seed is, hey, whatever God puts on your heart. Uh, on that trip, we got to go to this place. Here's another picture. Noah, you remember this day? We got to go to this school that couples as an orphanage. And um, they had a couple hundred students, and about 40% of that um, about 40% of that school were orphans that lived at the school. And um, while we were there, we realized very, very quickly how understaffed this place was. If you see, literally, this was the whole time. Kids hanging on us, jumping on us, all they wanted. When we got there and, and we asked the staff, what are we going to do today? They said, you're going to play with the kids. We're like, okay, that's your ministry today. Just go play with the kids. Because we are so short-staffed, most of these kids won't get a hug. Most of these kids won't have any physical contact with an adult whatsoever throughout their entire, they'll go weeks, months sometimes because we're so understaffed. That day, dude, the, the funniest things is how the little kids react to like the white blonde hair girls. 
<laughs> if you're white and blonde hair, just go to Kenya and watch. They want to grab your hair and run their fingers through it. It's like a ministry in and of itself. But they just wanted love. They just wanted to be hung out with. When we, dude, oh, I'm going to get choked up. You remember when we were leaving and the kids started chasing down the bus? They started chasing the bus because they wanted us to just stay and hang out. Our giving gives towards ministries just like this. When you give towards this, you're not given, you're, you're not given to the Bridge Church, really. 100% of everything that we give will be going overseas to missions and stuff like this. So what has God placed on your heart? You got five bucks? Can you do great? Maybe you're like, I got 50. Maybe you're like, I'm going to go wash a couple cars and give everything that those people. Maybe you'll go wash cars and tell people, I'm not keeping this money for myself. I'm giving it to missions and see what they might. Just give me whatever you want to give me and see what they might do and be faithful to give that. I think together we can make a difference and a dent in the world for the kingdom of God. Amen? Cool. Hey, we're going to jump into worship in just a second. Let me remind you guys something we've been reminding you guys every week. Hey, when you head up to worship, when we're jumping, don't be pushing nobody over. Don't be hurting nobody. Have fun. Have a blast. And then, hey, when it's time to focus and get into worship, let's focus. Can I ask you guys this? Don't nobody distract each other during worship. It's about God, not about us. Amen. Can you guys do that for me? Cool. All right, stand to your feet. Head up to the front. Let's worship.
person to person to our left and our right. Let's really press in this moment. Do what you have to do. You have to close your eyes. Do that. You have to raise your hand. And let's give this next moment up to God. Amen. Come on, let's worship.
We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 On the way back to your seat, go ahead and high five two friends and say, you look good. morning harrowing new witness accounts of the Nashville school shooting into something far more it turned into the manifest presence of God yo bridge youth how you guys feeling tonight you good hey you look good look at the person sitting next to you say you look good look at the other person on the other side say you look good as well now tell them stop talking to me I want to hear from God Look at the other neighbor and say, stop talking to me. I want to hear from God. But I'm telling you to talk to them while you're saying. So, hey, if you got a Bible, a Bible, open up to Matthew chapter 16. Hey, for anybody who's maybe brand new here, maybe it's your first time uh, coming to our church. Maybe it's your first time ever at church, uh, whether you're in the room or you're watching online. If you're brand new, you are the coolest person in the room. We think it's so awesome that, like, in your busy life, your busy schedule, everything you got going on, you chose to come and spend some of your time with us. That's so cool. We appreciate that. Uh, we like welcoming our guests every week in a way that never gets old for us. We like saying we're here to build you up, not? Yeah, we love you. We back you. We're so stoked that you came to hang out tonight. Hey, before we jump into the message, and we got a doozy of a message tonight, look at your neighbor. Say, next week. Shove your other neighbor on the other side. Say, next week. Next week, we are kicking off a brand new series entitled Kingdom Over Everything. Someone just say amen to that. I'm not even kidding. I will not, like, I will not hype you guys getting tattoos ever because that will get me in trouble with your parents, and then your parents will email me. But I'm pretty sure in the same font that Tupac has Thug Life tattooed on his stomach that he had that. I want to get kingdom over everything. I think that would be so hard, but I think I would cry because I hear that stomach is so bad, and I cried on every other tattoo I ever got. They're expensive, they hurt, and they're not worth the money. Don't don't do it. Anyways, we're kicking off a brand new series titled Kingdom Over Everything. Our school and ministry first years uh, live in Brooklyn, who are service host tonight. If you are school and ministry, first year school and ministry students, stand up real quick. Stand up. Come on now, interns. Hey, they are so dope. <laughs> he said, he said, sign me up, bro. You want to come be a school and ministry intern? Come, come talk to me, my guy. 
in, in a couple years. <laughs> uh, presumably. I don't know. You could be 26 for all I know. Um, they're going to be speaking next week. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be like they're going to each be sitting on stage. They got five minutes apiece to basically preach their hearts out to you on this topic of kingdom over everything. Not only next week are we kicking off a new series, we got a special announcement that's in the works, something surprise that'll be happening at the end of May. So come next week to hear that. But on top of that, we thought to ourselves, you know what? The weather's changing. It's getting real nice outside. Let's do some ice cream floats. So next week, before service, come hang out, free ice cream floats. We say ice cream floats because we're like, let's do root beer floats. But then some people were like, well, I like orange soda floats. And I was like, that sounds delicious. And then someone else was like, I really like cherry Coke floats. And I was like, that sounds great too. So we're just going to do floats, ice cream, a bunch of different uh, uh, sodas, and come hang out beforehand to get one of those. All right. Jumping into our new, CR, concluding our series, um, Virtual Reality. Um, who's enjoyed this series? I've loved preaching this series. It's been a doozy, and tonight will be no difference. Tonight, I want to preach around the topic of influence and influencers. Someone say influence and say influencers. I want to talk around these two topics when it comes to influence and influencers. The definition of influence is the capacity to have an effect on the character development or behavior of someone or something or the effect itself. Uh, the, 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 one more time. The definition of influence is the capacity to have an effect on the character development uh, behavior or of someone or something or the effect itself. I know like for me, when I read de definitions like that, I could get so lost in them. So here's what I think it kind of looks like. I think you got, yo, where's all the people who grew up, grew up just the, maybe, maybe you grew up in, in Temecula, Marietta, Temec, Mertec, whatever you want to call it. But if you grew up just a little bit hood, you might be like, Corey, how do I know if I grew up just a little bit hood? You you drank some of this when you were a kid. Can you, can you zoom in on that? Oh, wait, not water. Nobody in the hood drank water. They drank Kool-Aid. Hey, who drank Kool-Aid when they were a kid? Bro, Kool-Aid is so bad for you, bro. There's, there's Red 40 in here, like proven to kill you, like immediately. Here's what I think influence kind of is. You, you got this, like, nice, clean, fresh uh, uh, cup of water, and then influences this sort of pouring out. And you see how immediately, even from a distance, there's this, there's this physical change that happens. There's this pouring out that influences this glass, and now it looks different. And it'll never just be a glass of water again. It's changed. It's changed in its appearance. If you were to come and drink it, it would change as well. Influence is this sort of pouring into, as we get poured into, we're being influenced. But then I could then take this jar of now freshly made Kool-Aid, and I could pour it out as well. Pouring in and pouring out is influence. When you're being influenced, you're being poured into. When you begin to pour out, that's you influencing others. Now, the reality is, is there's so many influences in our world trying to infiltrate our lives. We got friends and family. We got media and celebrities, social media. We got music, trends. There's fashion. There's fads. There's movements. Even big tech. You got you got Google, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat. You have all these things. And the thing about those is big tech, 
they are not only just controllers of information, they're influencers. And the interesting thing about them is that all of them on paper legally are actually publishers, not platforms. What does that mean? You know a publisher, how you could publish a book and you could publish whatever you want. In fact, you could publish fiction. You could publish something that's totally not true. And that is the same thing that every one of those big tech companies are. So then they're able to control speech in such a way that they influence you however they see fit. See, here's the thing. Everyone is both influenced and influences. So let me ask you this question. Who's pouring into you? And how are you pouring out? Here's a couple big questions. You might want to write these down. We'll be, we'll be tackling these questions tonight. What type of influence do you have on those around you? What type of influence do you have on those around you? And then secondly, who is influencing you? So number one, what type of influence do you have on those around you? And number two, who is influencing you? While you got pen to paper or thumbs to keypad, here's your sermon in a sentence. If you forget everything else, remember this. Influence is like fire. Influence, it is like fire. It's powerful but dangerous. Influence is like fire. It's powerful but dangerous. I want to I wanna uh, dig into Matthew chapter 16. This is a portion of scripture where really Jesus bestows on this guy named Peter. If you've read the New Testament and the Gospels at all, you'd be familiar with Peter a little bit. And, and Jesus bestows on Peter this huge level of influence. We're going to dig into that tonight. Would you stand in the honor of the reading of God's word? Leg day, baby. We need it. These darn Lakers, man. Huh. How, am I supposed to, how am I supposed to watch them lose like that and then get up and preach? Because God is still faithful. And sometimes, he, with like a bow and arrow, he needs to pull back a little bit before it propels us into victory. In Jesus' name and all of God's people said, amen. And if you're not a Lakers fan, what's wrong with you? What are you, you going to root for? The Clippers? Gosh. The Clippers? I was going to make like seven jokes and like I ran through all of them in my head and I was like, no, not that one. No, not that one. So I'm just going to read the word of God. All right. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples. Who did he ask? Remember that. Now I want you to pay attention to not just the question, but the disciples' response to the question. He says, who do people, somebody say people. Who do people say the son of man is? They know Jesus is the son of man. He's saying, who do people say that I am? Here's their response. Well, like you know they're already in trouble. When you are in trouble with mom and dad, that is how you initially respond. They go, hey, didn't I tell you to take the trash out? You're like, yeah, you did. It's like, is the trash taken out? And you go, well, everybody go, well, what happened? (laughs) They say, well, they replied, Some say you're John the Baptist. Nope. (laughs) It's like, that's my cousin, literally. Some say you're Elijah. No, Elijah's been flying, but here he is. Eli, you're back. I've missed you, buddy. Some say you're Elijah. They're talking about a prophet of God in the Old Testament that was, like, famous amongst God's people. Others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. All of those are wrong. Somebody say, wrong. Then he asked them this. Here is maybe, maybe just maybe the most important question that you could ever respond to and that you can ever be asked. Jesus says, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter. Who? Simon Peter. Not the, first, the first question, all the disciples piped up. 
All of them started talking. This time, Simon Peter answered, and he answered correctly, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And then Jesus says, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. That's like the biggest flex Jesus ever did in his time in ministry is he would meet people and just change their name. He'd be like, hey, what's your name? Travis, not anymore, it's Bob. <laughs> like, what's your name in this, in this one? What's your name? And it's like, oh, my name is Simon. Nah, Peter. And he's like, all right. <laughs> I wonder if, like, Peter liked Simon more. Like, we all know him as Peter, but he's like, I don't know, man. Like, my dad gave me that name. I was Simon Jr., actually. I was, like, the 57th Simon in my lineage, and now Peter, you know? But he says, not anymore, you are Peter. But that's important because what does Peter mean? It means rock. Now, check out this influence that Jesus hands off to Peter. And upon this rock, talking to Peter, he says, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Here comes more influence. He says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Here comes more influence. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Before you sit down, let's pray. God, I pray tonight, God, every distraction's moved out of the way because we're getting down to business. As we talk about influence, the influence we have and those who influence us, I pray you would come, convict us, challenge us, propel us forward, God. Uh, uh, move our hearts to get in line and in step with you, that we may serve you, serve your kingdom, and leverage the influence you've given us for your kingdom. God, I do pray in Jesus' name that in the next game, the Lakers beat these teddy bears and send them home. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a seat. Hey, have you ever, like, instinctually done something really stupid? AKA, are, are you a junior high boy? <laughs> like, when I was in junior high, it happened all the time. Let me ask this, too. Where's all my boys at? Where's all my guys who you are not ashamed to say this? You will admit it anywhere, anytime in front of anybody. You a mama's boy? Where's the mama's boys at? Dude, I was such a mama's boy. I, like, I, if you know my story, I was raised for a really long time by a single mom. And if that's your story like it is mine, you know you just, like, you end up with this really special bond with your mom. And so my mom, uh, for a while, it was my mom, my older brother, and me. That was it. It was just us three. And my mom was a waitress, and she worked often double, triple shifts. And, and uh, we would get home from school. My mom would uh, uh, make us some type of dinner, usually macaroni and cheese and Kool-Aid. Like, hits, bro. Like, growing up hood has a little bit of benefit sometimes. And then she'd go to the bathroom and start getting ready. And she'd, like, be curling her hair for work, whatever it was, right? And often I'd just go in the bathroom and I'd sit on the, on the side of the tub while she got ready just so I could be around my mom. Like I was such a mama's boy. I just want to hang around and be around my mom because I knew that by the time she'd be getting home because she'd just leave me and my brother there, lock the door behind us, say, don't answer the door. There's uh, food on the stove and I'll be back sometime after you go to sleep. And yeah, like, and we were young too. <laughs> the 90s were different. <laughs> um, and I remember just like soaking up all the time I could get with my mom. And I remember this one time, she's curling her hair and she goes to put the, as I'm like sitting sort of like on the bathtub right here, just hanging out with my mom, talking to her. She goes to put her curling iron on the counter and it does this. You know, that thing where it's like, it's not all the way on the counter. And so the, so the weight of it makes it kind of flip off the counter. And I like down to my soul, I'm a Jedi, bro. Like I got Jedi reflexes. And as that thing flipped off the counter, I said, <laughs> and I dropped it immediately, thinking, what was I thinking? Anybody else ever do something so stupid instinctually? Here's the thing about a curling iron. A curling iron is both useful and it's dangerous. 
It could, give you, it could give your girl beautiful hair or it could give your boy terrible blisters on his hand. And so it is with influence. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Point number one, influence. See, influence is like fire. It's powerful but dangerous. It's like a curling iron. It's useful but dangerous. See, fire can cook you a meal or it can burn down your house. And we all have influence. Look, like, look at your neighbor say, you got it. Look at your other neighbor say, you got it. We all have influence. So here's the question. Remember the two, part, the two questions I asked. We're going to tackle the first one. What type of influence do you have on those around you? And when we talk and answer this first question or this first point of influence, we're going to talk about three things. Scary, carry, and shift. Scary, carry, and shift. Someone say scary. Say carry. Say shift. Scary. Anybody who, who in the room, like sincerely, you love scary movies? Okay, weirdos. <laughs> um, I like, I get so emotionally invested into movies that like scary movies, like they like hurt. And you know the part about scary movies that hurt me the most? The worst part? I don't know why this always happens, but like the damsel in distress is running from the killer and she runs like past the front door. There's like a shotgun right there. There's a machete, an axe, there's a phone that she could call 911, all of it. She runs past all of that, and where does she run? Upstairs. Like, what are you going upstairs for? Or even worse, she'll run past the front door, past all the weapons, past the telephone she could use to call the cops, and she runs, like, into the basement. Like, the basement, where there's no other way in or out than the way that the killer is coming from. It seems like the damsel in distress in these scary movies are, is always running in the wrong direction. Someone say wrong direction. Here's the scary part about influence. Influence becomes scary when it's carried in the wrong direction. Influence becomes scary when it's carried in the wrong direction. When it points people to all the wrong things and not God. Here's the scary part. You might want to write this down. You're responsible and accountable for your influence. You, look at your neighbor, say you. Look at your other neighbor, say you. But one day, the, the tech team's just going to cue it. We're all going to soldier boy for like 20 seconds, and then we're going to get serious about the word of God, okay? You are responsible and accountable for your influence. And everybody's got a level of influence. And God, Jesus, he actually says some really scary stuff. When it comes to influence, here's what he says. Write this verse down. Luke 17, Luke 17, verse 1 to 2. The NIV says it like this. Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. It's going to happen. Things that make you stumble, it, it'll happen. But then check this out. Jesus says, but woe to anyone. Somebody say anyone. Woe to anyone through whom they come. Woe to anybody who makes people stumble. It says it would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. That is some He said better that you be drowned in the middle of the deepest oceans than for you to use your influence in making somebody stumble. The scary part about influence is that we are responsible and accountable for our influence. This is why we take it seriously when, when we're in like church or faith settings or, or we're going through life and people begin to distract others when God's trying to work. Why? 
because that is really making somebody stumble and miss what it is that God's trying to do. So like Jesus says, woe to you. I say, scary, especially for those, especially, especially. Somebody say, especially. Especially if you are the type that's like a natural leader. Like if influence comes naturally to you. If you're the type that can, that can move a room, if you're the type that has a lot of friends, a lot of people who follow you, if you're the type that people repeat the way that you talk or they dress the way that you dress, that's not for you to get a big head. Some people got it, some people don't. And if you got it, especially for you, carry that well because we're responsible and accountable for our influence. So let me ask you again. How are you pouring into those around you? What are you pouring into those around you? Because some of you, like fire, you got fire in you. Some of y'all girls are feisty, bro. You are so, trust me, I know. I married a white woman because I like to be talked back to a little bit, you know. <laughs> I, like, I like to get a little bit of attitude when I bring home the wrong Starbucks drink. You know what I'm saying? Just a little bit. Some of you, you're so, you're feisty. Some of you guys, you're a bit, man, you are passionate. You're a bit stubborn. Can I tell you? I love it. I love it. You just got to be able to direct that fire in the right direction. Because your fire, it will either burn or it will build. It will either help or it will harm. So will you point people to God or distract people from him? Let me say one more thing under uh, this idea of influence being scary. Stop trying to impress people God's called you to influence. Can I tell you, week in and week out, getting up on a platform in front of you, I am not in the least bit concerned about impressing you. God's called me to carry influence. And if I get up here and, and I tell jokes, so I think, oh, I hope that they think I'm funny. You know why I tell jokes and, I, because, and, and why I tell stories? Because stories captivate people's heart. And I think that we shouldn't just endure church. We should enjoy church. We're not the church of the chosen frozen. And I, any and everything that I do is not for the sake to impress you. I'm not concerned about impressing you. God has already validated me. I don't need, to be, I don't need you to be impressed by me. But I have been called to influence. Some of you, you're way too concerned about impressing people. You should be concerned about influencing people, especially if you're a natural leader, because some of y'all are the leader on your sports team. You're literally the team captain. Some of y'all, you don't have widespread influence. You don't have like 5 million followers or anything, but you are like the best possible friend, the two friends that you've been friends with for your entire life has ever had. Your influence might not go wide, but man, is it deep. And you're the best friend that those kids have ever had. How are you going to use that influence? Stop trying to impress the people God's called you to influence. So we talked about scary. What was the next one? Carry. Come on, guys, it rhymed. It was a scary carry shift. Scary carry shift. Come on. Let's talk about Carrie. Somebody say, Carrie. That's my mom's name, actually. And my, Carrie. Your mom's name's Carrie? Is your mom also scary? My mom's scary, bro. My mom's 5'1. She weighs like less than 100 pounds, and she is ghetto as ghetto gets. Very bony knuckles. Don't ask me why I know that. I would never claim to have been abused, but boy, did she swing on me a few times. Just got to get it dodging. <laughs> Single mom, man. She had to do it. When we got too big, she started carrying a wooden spoon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Some of you guys are like, my mom did that too. Crazy. So, about, so how do you carry your influence? Every day, every day you carry uh, something to school. You carry a backpack. You carry a binder. You carry something to school. How do you carry your 
influence. How do you carry your influence? See, some of you all really are, you really are the type that can distract an entire room. But you're also the type that can direct an entire, an entire room. Some of you guys, you really are the type that could get everybody to laugh at somebody. But you're also the type that could get all your friends to champion somebody and back somebody. You're the type that could get your whole sports team to make fun of the special needs kid. Or you could get your whole sports team to get on board with letting that special needs kid be a part of the team. And maybe, just maybe, the last game, the last game of the season, he gets to make the touchdown. Some of you have that type of influence. Now, when I say a lot of people, don't, don't hear what I'm saying, not what I'm not saying. Boys will be boys. We roast each other. We make fun of each other. If, you, if you're like constantly, oh, my gosh, bro, if I make fun of you, it's because I like you, okay? Like, if I don't make fun of you, I probably either don't know you or I don't like you, okay? That's all I'm talking about. Don't be soft. Look at your neighbor say, don't be soft. <laughs> but I'm talking about some of you guys are the type that not only can you tear people down, you could get five, six, seven, 12 other people to help you tear that person down. But you also have the ability to build people up. The question is, which way are you going to use your influence? How are you going to carry your influence? I think that God might be calling you to carry your influence in a certain direction. How will you carry your influence? I've been doing youth ministry for 14 years. 14 years. Who's not 14 years or older in this room? Who's younger than 14 years? I've been doing youth ministry longer than you've been alive. That is crazy, bro. I Honestly, I feel like I'm 19. <laughs> Up here, I'm like 12 years old. I still watch anime. and Dude, this is like, this is not to prove my 12-year-old point. Anybody hear about the new Ninja Turtles movie that's coming out? It's about one of the turtles and like all the other turtles are dead and Splinter's dead. And this one turtle's just going off, getting vengeance on the Foot Clan. Doesn't stand a chance. But you don't know what turtle it is because he's not wearing a bandana. He has all the bandanas from all the fallen turtles. And it's like wrapped around him like a, dude, it's going to be sick, bro. It's going to be so dope. I've been doing youth ministry for 14 years. Here's what I've come to realize. The greatest distractors have the most influence. Those who in connect group, they could get the whole, the whole group off topic. Those who can sit in this room and you don't even, whoa, bro, you have so much influence that you don't even need to be the one on stage with the microphone to get the entire room's attention. And what happens is like some of you guys, you're legitimately the one that can't stop getting detention in school because every single day you can't help but to demand the attention of the whole room and get the attention off your teacher. I was that kid. And you know what I've discovered in 14 years of youth ministry? The issue isn't that you're a distraction. The issue isn't that you're a nuisance. You're not a nuisance. You have influence. You just have to learn what direction to carry that influence in. So here it is. Here is... Pastor Corey's desperate plea, help me, help me to influence a generation. And I'm not saying help me like, please, behave in church. Bro, yeah, like behave in church, have some respect for people around you, and people take their, their, their time out of their week to, to be here and experience God. Don't distract the room, but direct the room. That's what I'm saying, help me direct the room. You have influence. I got, like, here's what I'm saying, legitimately. Leader, because God's put leadership on me. I've been, I've been leading people for the last 15, 16, 17 years of my life. God's put a, a calling, a leadership on my life. And for some of you, God's put that on your life too. Bro, let's combo our leadership together to not distract people from God, but to direct people to God. Amen? 
this is my, this is my cry for help. And I'm not saying it so that you'll behave in church. I'm saying it because I see what you sometimes don't see. I see that even though like 99% of the time when you're standing in worship, you're just sitting there staring at everybody else. You're just like kicking the person next to you or like doing the like tap someone on the other side of the shoulder so that they look and they go, who on my shoulder? And then you're over here just laughing with your friends. <laughs> it's like, got them. And like, that's you 99% of the time. But then you have one moment in worship for like five seconds where you're like, oh, like I'm kind of feeling this part. I'm seeing you move. And then you're like, Mm. And you lift your hands for like five seconds. And I see what you don't see. I see the 12, 13, and 14-year-olds that standing behind you that see you lift your hands and then they lift their hands. I see that the moment that you lean in, the whole section that you're sitting in leans in. I see that the moment that you grab a pen and a paper and you write something down, the people sitting around you go, well, if they're writing it down, then it must be important. And then they have to go, oh, what did he say just now? Because I actually kind of want to write that down too. I see that the way that you dress, they dress. And the way that you talk, they talk. And the direction that you begin to walk, they're like little ducklings that just walk behind you. <laughs> like, where's, where are they going? Because that's the direction I want to go. So this is my cry for help. Please use your influence to direct people from God, not distract people from him. Direct people to God and in his direction. Don't help, don't, don't be part of, of people gravitating away from God. What if we, what if, my imagination runs wild. What if we combined our influence? Because there's some people that won't listen to me. Bro, I, I ain't old, but I ain't young. And there's people that will listen to you because you go to your school every day. I only go to your school once in a while. We've got people on your campus, but you're, you are in a classroom. How many people on average are in each one of your classrooms? What? 30 or so? Bro, my class had like 50 people in them per class. 30 people. How many classes you got? Six? Six, seven? Twelve? Oh, my gosh. Nah, I'm just kidding. Someone looked back there like, God, Van just started, Van prays for everybody. I love that about Van. He don't care. He, we were at Board and Brew one time, just started praying for some dude in the middle of his meal. God was like, I'm just trying to eat my spicy chicken, bro. And he's like, that's fine. You're going to eat your spicy chicken and be blessed. You start praying for the one with 12, 12 classes. There, You got 12 classes. Uh, six times 30, that's, what, 90 people that you're around every day? Vista Marietta has, what, 4,500 students? Last year's graduating class was 970, 976 kids. Next week, you're going to hear our school and ministry students talk about the fact that your high school campus will be the biggest missions field that you're ever on in your whole life. What if we comboed our influence all for the sake of building God's kingdom? What could be accomplished? Amen. See, it all comes down to influence. And some of you are gifted with natural influence. So how will you carry it? Because how you carry it will determine if God grows it. See, you could go and grow your own influence for all the wrong reasons. You could gain a following. But I'll tell you this. When you're six feet under, that following ain't following you there. How you carry your influence will depend on if God grows it. So be a, don't be a distractor. Be a director. Don't, don't tear down. Build up. Use your influence to point people to God, not push people from him. And ultimately, you will answer to God, that's the scary part, for how you carry your influence. And remember this. Here's a little side note uh, at the end of this, this spot like I had one last time. Remember, whatever you do behind someone's back, you're also doing in front of God's eyes. So carry your influence well. The last one here under this first point is the word shift. Everyone say shift. 
Anybody know how to drive stick shift? One of my cars is stick shift. I love it. Motorcycle stick shift. Love it. Like, I feel bored when I drive automatic. It's the worst. In sports, there's this term um, called being shifty. Everybody say shifty. Being shifty. It's like this ability to sort of like stop on a dime and change directions. Here's the thing that I love about influence. Influence can change in a moment. In a moment. Everybody, on the count of three, snap your fingers. One, two, three. You want to know something crazy about snapping your fingers? The noise is not your fingers doing that. The noise is created by, by your, 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 your finger hitting the palm of your hand. Dude, I like that. I saw a TikTok or something on that. It blew my mind. All right, on the count of three, everybody snap your fingers. One, two, three. That's how quick influence can change and shift. All right, stop snapping. <laughs> it sounds cool, but cut it out. <laughs> so here's the thing, is that, that immediately, someone say immediately. Immediately, influence can shift and change. Because maybe you're sitting here thinking, dang it, Corey, like I have not been carrying my influence well. That's okay, just be shifty. Look at your neighbor and say, be shifty. Here's the thing. With influence, change can come quickly. How you can, like, you can legitimately, like, change how you use your influence tonight. Somebody say tonight. Because um, here's the thing. Your past doesn't have to determine your future. And your history doesn't dictate your destiny. And see, not a lot of other faiths believe that. But we do. And so, like, look at Peter. Like, our whole entire night, like, everything. Is about the influence that Peter had. Yo, Peter made some big mistakes. And God still used him so quickly because he shifted his influence. There's one guy in the New Testament in the book of Acts. His name was Saul. And then Jesus does his thing again. He goes, Paul. And he's like, changes his name. He's like, at least it rhymes. Like, uh, it sounds similar, you know. Saul was a dude who was literally murdering Christians. He meets Jesus, and only moments later, he goes from murdering Christians to making Christians, preaching the gospel and God using him, all like that. So quick. Don't snap. Snapping's over. Okay? <laughs> like so quickly, God changes his influence. But the thing is, is the door of his heart had to get creaked open. And God met Saul, changed his name to Paul, and immediately begins using his life. See, you might have been using your influence in all the wrong ways, in every way, shape, or form. And you don't got to wait till like next week or two weeks or three years or when you're a grown-up in order to begin to shift your influence. That can happen right now, in a moment. You can decide right now that God can use your influence in a different way. See, Saul went from death and destruction to life and construction all in a moment. And you can too. You can too. So how are you influencing those around you? Because that can change right here, right now. As the band heads up and we kind of start landing the plane with our second point. We talked about influence. Let's talk about influencers. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Everybody say good. Say bad. Say ugly. Remember that song that was like, that was like you ugly. You your daddy, son. Man, that's that's not using your influence well. <laughs> let's talk about the um, let's talk about the good and the bad. Let's talk about the good and the bad. Can I just say, um, not every famous person is great, and not every great person is famous. Oh, I'm gonna say it again. Not every famous person is great, and not every great person is famous. There's somebody around here that you will never catch on a stage with a microphone that helps us run this church. He just serves and serves. He's retired. Um, his name's Wes. We, like, around the office and all the, all the uh, school of ministry students, they call, him, they call him Mr. Wes. Mr. Wes is why our, our ping pong table got fixed. 
Mr. West is why our air hockey table got fixed. Mr. West is why we have some of our skate park equipment. Mr. West helps us run community care. Mr. West never wants to get a microphone and jump on stage. But Mr. West is a great man of God that is serving God in so many phenomenal ways. And many of you would never know his name if I didn't mention him. Not every great person is famous and not every famous person is great. Beware who you follow. Here's the thing. A blue check mark's not going to get you into heaven. So maybe you're chasing the wrong thing. And there's a difference between attention and influence. We call, there's so many people out there, we call them influencers. Oh, they're an influencer. But the reality is, is they don't got no influence. They just got attention. And there's a difference, bless you. There's a difference between attention and influence. Anybody can get somebody's attention if they just yell loud enough, if they just make decent enough content, or if they just take off enough clothes and begin dancing in a certain way. Am I wrong? That's not influence. That's attention. And you'll only have that attention for a little while until certain things start changing and ain't nobody want to watch your videos no more. So do you want attention or do you want influence? And I don't even just want regular influence. I want kingdom influence because I'm only concerned with things that will last into eternity. When it comes to influencers, there's good, there's bad. And I thank God for the good Christian influencers. That's out here putting things out that our students can actually look up to, that they could strive after. I thank God for Christian musicians that don't suck. I thank God for people who put out phenomenal Christian music. I thank God for for Christian creatives and and, and Christian people, some of which are are on our team and in this room, who create gospel-inspired fashion out of the creativity that God's put on their heart. Now, here's the question, because I think, I think, ultimately, I really do think we need more Christian influencers. The question is, does God have your permission to use your influence? I don't have much influence. Great. Those who God can trust with a little, he'll, he'll trust with much. I've got 50 followers, Corey. What does it matter? Cool. God will never give you 50,000. You can't even be faithful with 50 followers? Can I tell you this? Man, I'm getting ahead of myself. Hold up. I was going to say, can I tell you this? The bigger your influence, the more that your platform grows, the more hate you're going to get. I've experienced it firsthand. Bro, I got my car keyed on a Wednesday night while I was preaching. Because the weeks prior, somebody didn't like what I had to say. You know what I did? I got up on the platform the next week and I preached the same gospel. Key my car twice. Insurance company covered it. So let's... So let's talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about the ugly side of influence. The ugly side of influence and being an influencer, I mean, Aristotle said it best. To avoid criticism, say nothing, do nothing, be nothing. And I feel like that's so much of your guys' generation. Throw back to week one. So scared of getting canceled. I'm just going to say nothing, do nothing, be nothing. God's put influence on your life. Does he have permission to use it? Beware of who you allow to pour into your life. Beware of who you follow. And I'm not just talking about on social media. But beware of how you lead and beware of, of this is not how I wrote it down, but this is how I'm going to say it. You cannot serve in the kingdom and be a coward. It don't work. If you're, if you're so scared of the backlash, dude, look at this. Jesus said, Jesus said, oh, Peter, 
uh, verse number 18 of Matthew 16. Peter, upon this rock, you are no longer, you are no longer Simon. You're now Peter. And Peter means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Why did he say that? Because hell would try to conquer it. Here's the thing. If you have influence, hell will wage war against you. And hell wins that war in one of two ways if you let it. Number one, they attack you so hard that you just give up. Let me tell you, don't ever give up. Look at your neighbor say, don't give up. Or number two, they corrupt and influence you so much that you join their team. You hand over your influence to them. You push people away from God instead of influencing them in his direction. And then with your influence, you just hand it over to them to be used not for God's purposes and plans, but for their agenda. Ultimately becoming a bot in the world's virtual reality. See, influence, it's, it's like fire. It's powerful, but it's dangerous. And in our scripture tonight, I told you to focus on how the disciples responded how, and how Peter responded. Jesus says, Jesus says, hey, so who do people say I am? All the disciples jump in. They were so influenced by the crowds that they were able to repeat like a freaking parrot what everybody was saying. Oh, they say that you're John the Baptist or you're Elijah or you're Jeremiah or you're one of the prophets. And all of those are wrong. And they're so influenced by the crowd that they know exactly what they're saying and exactly what they're thinking. And then he asked, okay, one of the most important questions anybody could ever ask. Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And the only, it's, I mean, apparently, it seems like all the other disciples fell mute. And only Peter says, and he says correctly, the truth. You're the Messiah the son of the living God. And Jesus says, Simon, you're blessed because God has revealed this to you, not people. See, Simon, Simon, you're now Peter. Peter, you just like opened your heart to allow God to, all those other disciples seemingly are letting people influence it. You let God influence you and you got the truth. They couldn't tell the truth from a lie because they were so influenced by people and what they were saying. But Peter, you let God influence you and you arrived at the greatest truth, the answer to every single one of life's questions. You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And my question is, who's influencing you? Is the world influencing you or is God influencing you? I pray if there's any influence that I would have with you and on you and in you tonight, that that influence would only be leveraged to point you to God and to say, don't let me influence you, let Jesus influence you. Now, here's the thing. Jesus has already influenced you, whether you like it or not. You might be a hardcore atheist in the room. If you are, love you. Like, we're so glad that you're here. I have family members who are, who are as hardcore of atheists as anybody. This doesn't, you don't have to believe to belong here. But you've already been influenced by Jesus. Jesus lived the, the most influential life that anybody's ever lived in the history of humanity, and it's no comparison. Here's how influence, influential Jesus was. Based on this one man's life is the way in which we measure time. B.C. and A.D. I know they're trying to corrupt that and change it and say, B.C., before common era. That's not what it means. It means before Christ. And A.D. commonly is remembered as saying after death, but it's actually a Latin term, and that Latin term is Anno Domini, which actually means the year of our Lord. 
So both before and after Jesus' life is the way in which we measure time. This dude had so much influence on the planet, we measure time off of his life. And guess what? He did it without the internet. He did it without cell phones. He did it without planes, trains, and automobiles. He did it without a technological way to amplify his voice. That's how much it, he did it never having traveled further than 100 miles from his hometown. That's how much influence Jesus had. Jesus already influenced you whether you like it or not. The question is, is will you, will you allow that influence to lead you to him and to recognize him as Peter recognized him as the Messiah, the son of the living God? Or will you be like the other disciples who go, I mean, maybe he was just a really good person. No, he wasn't. He was not just a really good person. He's the Messiah. Tonight, would you just let your heart, just the door of your heart, just crack open that Jesus may come in and prove to you as God revealed to Peter that God can reveal to you who Jesus really is. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Those of you who are influential in this room, begin to pray for those who don't yet know Jesus. God, I pray tonight that hearts would be open. God, that your influence would be widespread in this room, that you would speak. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you would say, Corey, I I've been carrying my influence in every wrong direction. I've been influenced by every wrong person and wrong thing you can imagine. As you're saying this, my heart's beginning to pound because I want, like Peter, to have this revelation that Jesus is who he said he is. He's the Messiah. He's the Son of the living God. And I want relationship with him. Can I tell you, there's no better thing in the entire world than a relationship with the all-influential Son of God, Jesus, with God. It is literally why we exist, to be in relationship with God. And if that's you in this place, I'm going to ask you to respond in a really simple way. In a moment, I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I just want you to lift your hand, and then you can put it right back down. Corey, why do I have to lift my hand? I don't know, because I just think that if you can't have the courage to lift your hand in a room with dim lights filled with Christians that will celebrate you when every head's bowed and every eye is closed, then you probably won't stand for Jesus when you walk out of these doors. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, if that's you and you say, yes, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want God to reveal to me that he is the Messiah. He's my Savior. He's the best friend that I'll ever have. And I could get forgiveness of my sin. I want that. When I get to three, you just lift your hand, then you can put it right back down. Here we go. One, two, three, go. All over this place. Man, amazing. You can put your hands right back down. We're going to pray together. There's nothing magical about these words, but just wrap your heart around these words. Everybody, even if you didn't lift your hand, we're a family here. We pray together. Would you say these words right after me? Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you my influence. I give you everything. And from this day forward, I'm going to follow you. No turning back, no looking back. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? Hey, before anybody moves, we're going we're gonna to respond and worship. I'm going to pray a really unique prayer in just a second for you. But before you do, if you just prayed that prayer, you lifted your hand, can I tell you, best decision you could ever make with your life. I promise you that. 
And we want to help you walk out the next steps of your journey with something that we call the next seven days. It's a free gift we want to put in your hand, a resource that will help you out. It's literally me, seven videos that will walk you through the next week of your faith journey. We feel like it's our responsibility to get this to you. When I first got saved, I felt like I had a thousand questions and nobody I could ask these questions to. It will answer some of your questions. We'll connect you to a leader. The way that you can get it, just DM us on our Instagram, at bridgeyth underscore. Just DM us the words next seven. We'll handle the rest. If you don't have Instagram, come chat with me. Chat with any one of our leaders. We'll get you the next seven days video in another way. Hey, one more time. Can we welcome people into God's family? Amen. All right, nobody distracting anybody. Um, would you stand to your feet? If you want to head to the front for worship, you head to the front. Every week of this um, Every week of this series, we prayed for something different. We've prayed for courage. We've prayed for wisdom. Tonight, I want to pray well-stewarded influence over you. I remember when I, I had this on my heart to pray for influence for you. Like God would grow your influence. I kind of got scared. You know why? Because influence is like fire. It is powerful, but it's dangerous. It's like, it's like, it's like if I let one of y'all drive my car. No, 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 better. If I next week said, next week, I'm bringing my Harley, my baby. And you know what? Um, we're going to have a sign-up list at the back. And if you want to ride Pastor Corey's Harley, next week, just put your name on this list, and I'm going to let you ride my bike. Who actually knows how to ride a motorcycle? It still ain't happening. I love you guys, but you ain't riding it. Why would I be so? Because it's powerful, but it's dangerous. And I was thinking, if I pray, God, grow their influence. God, give them influence. What if God gives them influence? Then holy crap. Like, I don't think I'm supposed to say that when I preach. Like, then what if they take that influence and they don't use it well? So here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to pray this over you. But I'm going to pray not for just influence, but well-stewarded influence. Because all I can think about as I'm like the last seven days since last week, as my heart's been getting wrapped around this message, all I could think about, the only thing I could think about, I'm, I was literally dreaming about this, is if just this room right here, God gifted influence, what could we accomplish? What could we do in the world? So I'm gonna pray for this. And if you would receive it and take it and carry it, I believe God would do above and beyond ever what you could ever ask, imagine, or dream. And to the person right now, to the one in the room who's thinking, not me. You're talking to everybody else, Pastor Corey. No, I'm talking to you. You got influence. Like when you walk in direction, people follow you. Your words carry weight with people. You are a leader. When you walk, people walk in that direction. And you're thinking because you know you. I know me. Bro, every single week that I step on this stage and I grab a microphone and I start talking, the first thing I do is think to myself, who the heck are you, Corey? You grew up in the wrong neighborhood. You didn't even have a dad. You were low income. Your parents couldn't pay to get the electricity on. All the mistakes you've made, Corey, you grew up with a speech impediment. You went to speech therapy till you were in the sixth grade. You have ADHD, you have a little bit of dyslexia, and you're the most impatient person anybody's ever met in the history of mankind. How's God gonna you? And so many of you right now, you're disqualifying yourself. You're exactly who God's talking to. Corey, I have a bad reputation at my school. I don't care what your reputation is. Saul had a reputation for killing people. The person God said to go and pray for him, his name was Ananias, said, nope, that dude's a murderer. He's killing Christians. God, I'm not doing it. And he's like, you better go do it because that dude's going to be an influencer and he's going to be an instrument for my kingdom. So you, 
The one that's thinking, not me, yes, you. Literally, if you just thought, yeah, that's great, but not me, God's literally speaking to you right now. So I want to pray well-stewarded influence over you. Would you do me a favor? Close your eyes right now. Pretend for a moment that you are in, like you, it's just you and God. It's a crowded room, but it's a private moment. Would you, if you're comfortable, would you just put your hands right out in front of you like you're receiving something from God. God, I pray influence in the lives of these young people in Jesus' name. I pray right now, influence that's not just like social media influence, but it's anointed influence. God, I pray for the young man who just last week said, Corey, I want to start making, I want to start making reels on my Instagram to just, just to point people to God. Would you help me pick some Bible verses? God, I pray for those who have a big following on social media, that you, God, as they are going to surrender their influence to you, that you would use them. Give them creativity. Give them wisdom. God, I pray for those whose, whose influence isn't widespread, but man, it, it's got roots. It goes deep. They're the best friend that those three people have ever had, and they've been friends since kindergarten. I pray that they would be well-stewarded influencers in the lives of those those few friends. Those whose parents are not Christians, they're going to go home tonight, like I did every week. They're going to go home tonight to a family that is not saved. God, I pray in Jesus' name they would carry influence in their family. I pray that they would carry influence in their school. I pray that they would carry influence on their sports teams. I pray that they would carry influence in every single classroom they walk into. I pray that they would carry influence in the lives of every single person who gets around them. God, I pray in Jesus' name that this well-stewarded influence would give them the wisdom every time they walk in a room or they get around people that they would be able to determine quickly. Am I going to influence them or am I going to allow them to influence me? God, there's so many good, godly people out there that we should have our hearts open to, to their influence. And there's so many people that our hearts should be closed and will say, I'm going to influence you, not the other way around. I pray, God, in Jesus' name, that that influence would fall on every single young man and young woman who would carry it well and steward it well. In Jesus' name, amen. I thought about this. Um, before we worship... Um, Amber, Amber and I, we're not, we're not old, but we're not young. We're, uh, next month will be my birthday. I'll be 34. And, hey, hey, cut it out. <laughs> and, and we don't have kids yet. Amber and I, we don't have kids of our own. In so many ways, for the last 14 years, you guys have been our kids. But one day I'm going to have kids. And I heard somebody say this about influence. One day you guys will all be parents. Will your kids be more likely to get saved if you weren't their parents? What about who in the room? You got younger brothers or sisters. You, then, you are, then you carry influence, bro. Like, you have influence. Would your younger brothers or sisters be more likely to get saved if you weren't their older brother? If you weren't their older sister? Well, what, about, what about your family, your friends, the people around you? Would they be more likely to get saved if you weren't in their life, what about, let's just boil it down to this. What about the person right next to you? <laughs> Would the person right next to you be more likely to get saved, be more likely to experience God if you weren't in the room tonight? How do you carry your influence? Because influence is like fire. It's dangerous, but it's powerful. Carry your influence well. Now here's what I want to do. I want to... I told the team, can we sing this song? 
and the reason we're singing this song, we're going to get to the bridge, and, and maybe Jordan will say something, maybe she won't, but we're going to get to this bridge, not this bridge, it talks about the single most influential moment in human history, the resurrection of Christ. And my prayer is that that would give you the confidence. And I, I, I tear up almost every time I hear this. Where Does anybody have sheet music? Or are you all so good that you don't have sheet music? Am I going to mess you up if I take sheet music? Do you have your music? There, there it is. The, bro, there, there's other verses. Those are the, that's the bridge. Okay, verse, verse 3. Verse 3 says this. In the morning that you rose, all of heaven held its breath. Till that stone was moved for good. That's the most influential moment in the history of mankind when they found the tomb of Jesus empty. And guess what? It's still empty. And then it says, for the lamb had conquered death and the dead rose from their tombs. There's a part of scripture that we don't talk about very often. And the angels today, I ain't gonna talk about it right now either. Just let you all be confused about that. It was walking dead the day that Jesus rose from the dead. And the angels stood in awe for the souls of all who'd come uh, to the father are restored. Now here it is. And the church of Christ was born. And the spirit lit a flame. Now this gospel truth of old shall not kneel, shall not faint. By his blood and in his name and in his freedom I am free. For the love of Jesus Christ who has resurrected me. It's the most, we're going to sing about the most influential moment in human history. And I pray that this, because when I get to that part in this song and I hear, and the church of Christ was born, we are the church of Christ and we're still standing. And all of hell will not conquer us. The influence of his church will carry on through generations. Would you do me a favor? Would you just lift your hands right now as we worship God? Even before these lyrics start, just begin to worship him in your own words. God, you are good. You are the lamb that was slain. You are our Messiah. Like Peter said, we say you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. So we lift your name on high and we worship you, God. We worship you. I pray courage and faith rising in our hearts tonight, God, that we may go forth and use the influence you give us to impact the world, to build your kingdom, to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, God, and in every way, in every place that we go, that your name would be made famous. In Jesus' name, we worship you, God. We praise you. Despise the cross for evil. 
for you. It's Matthew 5, 13 through 16, but I'm going to read 14 and 16, okay? You are the light of the world. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, guys, the beautiful thing that Christians have is the light of God, that if you're not in this family, you don't have that light, that special glow to you. So what does light do, guys? It exposes darkness. So in a world full of darkness, you should be the light that shines into others in their lives, in their families, God. God, guys, I'm sorry. Just be that influence to other people, God. Or, uh, gosh, I'm sorry. God, just speak right now. Speak right now, Lord. Be that influence, guys. Be that influence that God wants you to be on your campus, in your families, in your lives. Have that influence and use it for good. Use it to shine the light of the Lord and use it to give hope to others in times of need and just in general, whatever it is that you guys can do, use that platform. The ultimate influencer in this world is Jesus Christ. He influenced the entire world by something he did on the cross. He paid for, for past and present and future sin. That's the ultimate thing that no one in this world could ever do. So to me, he's the ultimate influencer. So that's, that's a family I wanna be a part of. That's someone I wanna follow for the rest of my life. And to those who made that decision here today, can I just say that's the most amazing decision you've ever made? Let's give it up. 
you guys have any questions in regards to your walk of faith, you can just DM us at the next or next seven at bridge YTH underscore, and we can go ahead and pass all that information to you guys. As a reminder, I just want to remind you for those who are not coming to convention, we do have service in the main auditorium. So if you guys want to join us for 1130 service, um, that'd be awesome. And I really hope you guys have a great week praying for you guys and we'll see you next week. See you Friday. Actually. Also guys, if you do want to give to missions, we have our giving station right in the back.